My name is Rick Renner, and I'm in the ancient city of Aphrodisias in the Roman province of Asia. And the reason this city was called Aphrodisias is because the entire city was devoted to the worship of Aphrodite, who was the goddess of sex. And this is the temple of Aphrodite. It was the central feature of the city. It's beautiful beyond description. The craftsmanship, the hand carving, you can see the pagans were very serious when they built this pagan temple. They put a lot of money into this. There were gold, silver, precious stones. It was quite a feature of the city. Later, when paganism began to collapse, it was converted into a church. But there were beautiful temples like this all over the Greek and the Roman world. And when I walked in here today, my mind immediately went to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where the Apostle Paul said these words. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? That word temple is a Greek word, naos, and the word naos is a Greek word that described temples just like this. That word temple doesn't describe a shack, not something made out of mud and straw and sticks. That word naos, the word temple, describes a magnificently built shrine, a place where great investment of funds is put, silver, gold, precious stones, something so magnificent that a god would be happy to live there. That's the word Paul uses when he says, don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You see, you're not a mud shack where God dwells. You're a magnificent temple. When the Holy Spirit came into you, he invested a lot in you. You may not be filled with gold and silver and precious stones, but if your eyes were open to see your interior, you would be quite amazed. You are so magnificent on the inside that God himself by his spirit was willing to move into your heart you really are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the following verse says, we are obligated to glorify God in our bodies. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm gonna to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm waiting for you. I can see you sitting there, and together today, we're going to dive into the Bible and see how we can successfully divert and overcome any temptation that tries to assail us. This program is really going to help you. So stay with me today all the way to the end of the program. Right now, I'm offering you my brand new series called how to successfully divert and overcome temptations. Most temptations can be diverted, but if you find that you're already in one, you can overcome it. And that's what this series is about, how to divert and overcome temptations. If you know anyone struggling with a temptation, you should get this for them. It would help them. And it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now my book called a Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. You're not supposed to get cold as you get older in the Lord. You're supposed to be a blazing inferno to the end of your life, and you can be if you know the right fuels to keep injecting into your spiritual flame. 
And that's what this book is about. The fuels you need to put into your fire so you stay on fire for Jesus to the very end of your life, my friend. You're to leave this world in a blaze of glory. And this book will tell you how to become a life ablaze. So please order yours today. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And we're going to send you my book, which is called Life in the Combat Zone. We always send these two books to anyone who becomes a partner with our ministry. And right now we're offering you on our website store, our autobiography, which is called Unlikely. We call it Unlikely because if anyone was unlikely to do what Denise and I and our family have done, it's us. But God delights in choosing unlikely people. That means he's wanting to choose you. The subtitle says, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. The back of the book says, If you're ready to read our true life story that will stir your faith to launch out and experience your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read, and it's not just a story, it is filled with Bible teaching as well. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. But reach for your Bible, and today we're going to return to our anchor verse for this series, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, where the Apostle Paul writes, and he says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that year able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. This verse is so important to this series that I want to cover it one more time. In the very first of this verse, it says, there hath no temptation taken you. That word temptation is used three times in this verse which means it is very important. It is the Greek word perasmus. It describes something that is intense, something full of fire, something that comes to burn you up and to destroy you. It carries something sinister and evil. That's what a temptation is. And remember, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are. And the devil wants to assault you with temptations, to invade you, to penetrate you, to tear you down, but you can withstand every temptation. But in this verse, the Bible tells us explicitly that temptations are intended to be evil. Three times this word temptations is used in this verse. Look at it again. There hath no temptation taken you. The word taken is a form of the Greek word lambano, which means to seize, to attack, to grip, to lay hold upon, it describes that moment when some kind of temptation appeals to your flesh and tries to lay hold on you and even take you into its grip. But the verse says, there hath no temptation taken you but such as is what? Common to man. The Greek word anthropinus. The Greek word anthropinus means it's just something experienced by all human beings, merely human, completely unexceptional. This is so important because if you glorify your temptation, you give power to it, diminish it. If you feel something appealing to your flesh, look at it in the face and say, you have no power over me. You're just common to man. Other people have faced you and they have overcome you and I'm going to overcome you too. There's nothing exceptional 
about this temptation. I can overcome this. In fact, the verse goes on to say, God is faithful. In Greek, it has a little word D. It means God is categorically faithful. God will be with you to overcome or even to divert that temptation. God is categorically faithful who will not suffer you. The word suffer in Greek means will not allow, will not permit you to be tempted. The word tempted, again, the Greek word perasmos, it describes something that comes to inflict damage and destruction. He will not permit you to be suffered, to be tempted above. The word above in Greek is the word hooper, above and beyond what you're able to handle. In fact, that's why it goes on to say that ye are able. The word able is a form of the Greek word dunamai, which describes one that is powerful, one that has ability, which means God has given you everything you need internally to deal with any temptation. The Bible calls you an overcomer again and again and again and again. The greater one is in you. The one that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And you have all the strength, all the power, all the ability you need to overcome any temptation. It goes on to say, but will with the temptation. The word with is a translation of the Greek word soon, which carries the idea of partnership. It means right in the moment of your temptation, God gets involved. God will come right alongside of you. He'll come with you in the midst of that temptation and will make a way to escape. The word make is a translation of the Greek word poieo. The word poieo means to create, to manufacture, to fabricate or to provide, which means if God has to, he'll fabricate, he will manufacture, he will provide for you a way of escape. And the word escape is the Greek word ek basis, a compound of two words. The word ek, it means out. The word basis means to walk. When you compound the two words together, this word escape means to walk out, to walk out. A little translation would be, God will make a way for you to walk out of that temptation. To walk out of a difficult place. You don't have to stay there. God will make a way for you to walk out of it. It means to walk away from. You can walk away from that temptation. To remove yourself from a person or a place that isn't good for you. Which means there are some people... And there are some places that are not good for you and you can remove yourself from that environment. Or it means to use your feet to exit a situation or to exit an environment. So God will fabricate for you a way of escape. And that way of escape is in your shoes. It's called your feet. Just like you walked into a bad situation, you can turn around and you can walk out of it. And God will partner himself with you and give you the power to walk out of any temptation. He really will. In fact, the verse goes on to say that you may be able to bear it. The word bear in Greek, the word hupo, pharaoh, from the word hupo, which means under. The word pharaoh means to carry or to bear, but when you compound the two words together, it pictures something like a current that carries you away from a turbulent situation to a place of safety. God will carry you from that bad situation, get you out of there, and bring you into a place of freedom and deliverance. That's what God wants to do for you, but he needs your participation 
in your feet. Your feet will carry you out of that situation. And that is why Paul immediately follows up in the next verse and says to the Corinthians, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. He doesn't say pray to be delivered from idolatry. He doesn't say stay there and try to overcome it. He says flee. How do you flee? You use your feet. Some people say, well, I'm just going to stay here and prove how strong I am. That is a stupid thing to do. Use your feet. The Bible never tells you to stay in a bad place to prove you can overcome it. The Bible tells us over and over, flee youthful temptations, flee this, flee that. And in this verse, the Corinthians were told, flee from idolatry right after he said God would make for them a way of escape, ekbasis, their feet. They can walk out of it. So now he follows up and says, so get out of there, flee. And the word flee means to run as fast as possible. It means to escape a situation, to use one's feet, to move as fast as possible, to get out of an unprofitable situation. It pictures one's feet flying as he runs from a situation. Well, for the Corinthians, idolatry was a temptation. They were surrounded by temples and idolatry, and those places of idolatry were filled with debauchery and drunkenness and sexual promiscuity and drug use and alcoholism. These were places of temptation for the Corinthians. So Paul says, hey, use your brain and use your feet. First of all, don't go there, divert it. Secondly, if you find yourself in a bad situation, if you've walked into a conversation, if you've walked into a temptation, if you've walked into a bad environment, then use the same two feet you use to walk in there to turn around and walk out of there, flee. Fleeing from a temptation is smart. Use your feet and just get out of there. That is what the Bible tells us. Now, there are different kinds of temptations. There are emotionally upsetting temptations. That's what we're going to be looking at today. There are overeating temptations. There are spending temptations. There are sexual temptations. But today, we're going to look at what I call emotionally upsetting temptations. When you're in an environment with people where you feel hurt. You just feel hurt by them. Or perhaps you feel a lot of anger in that particular environment. Or you're just frustrated with people and you can't seem to overcome your frustration. You find yourself filled with unforgiveness. You're tempted to be bitter. If you find yourself in a situation where you're feeling all of those things, then just get out of there. Just turn around Get out of there. Say, you know, I have something else that I need to do, so I need to excuse myself. That is the wisest thing you can do. But if you find that you can't get out of there, then I have a verse for you. And the Bible tells us in Romans 12, verse 18, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. But notice the Apostle Paul begins that verse by saying, if... <laughs> if it be possible. And the very fact that he begin with the word if, which is the Greek word a, tells us that there's an open question mark here with no definitive answer, meaning that it may be possible that some people are hard to get along with. But he says, if it is possible. 
It can be very difficult to be at peace with some people. That's just a matter of fact. Not necessarily because we're difficult, but because they are difficult. But remember, they might think the same thing about us. But regardless of the difficulty of the task or how impossible it seems to do, we're told if it is possible, live peaceably with all men. The word possible is the Greek word dunitas. Listen to what it means. It describes ability. It describes power. Amazing ability to be able, to be capable, to be competent for any task. A force that causes one to be able, to be capable, or to be competent. It means God gives us the power to succeed in any situation. But in this verse... It implies the idea of something that is potentially difficult, but nonetheless doable. Wow. Because it begins with the word if, it casts a shadow on whether or not it is truly doable. Maybe peace is attainable. Maybe it is not. Maybe it's doable. Maybe it's not. And you could actually translate it like this. If it is doable, if it is feasible, if it is possible. Wow. And then he goes on to say, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. The entire phrase, as much as lieth in you, is a translation of the Greek word ex. It means coming from you, emanating from you. A better translation would be like this. As far as it depends on you. As much as it depends on you, which means God is expecting us, each of us, to do everything we can from our perspective to give it our best to live peaceably with all men. Peaceably in Greek is from the Greek word which means to cultivate or to keep peace. Peace has to be cultivated and peace has to be kept. It is peacekeeping. It is harmony keeping, not strifeful, but peaceful. And really the meaning of Romans chapter 10, verse 18 is this. Once you finally obtained peace, you must determine that you're going to do your best to make sure it is maintained and it is kept. <laughs> that is so powerful. Then in Romans 12, verse 18, it goes on to say, if it be possible... As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. You say, what does all men mean? Well, it means all men. The Greek says panton anthropon. The word panton is an all-encompassing term that embraces everyone and excludes no one. The word anthropon is from the word anthropos, which means people, mankind, including male, female, of every race, nationality, language, religion, skin killer, no one excluded. It is all men. The verse does not say we have to agree with all men. It doesn't say we have to condone the behaviors of all men. But it does say we have to be at peace with all men. Wow. And really the RIV, which is the Renner Interpretive Version, of Romans 12, 18 is this. Listen carefully. If it is doable at all. Isn't that a good translation? If it is doable at all, as much as depends on you, 
and doing everything possible from your side. Be at peace with everyone, no one excluded. But if you find that you're in a situation where peace is not attainable, and you find that you're tempted to be hurt, continually hurt again and again and again, well, that's not good for you. If you find that you're frustrated, oh, so frustrated, you find that you're anger all the time, every time that you're with this particular person or these group of people, or you find that you're becoming bitter on the inside because of what they've done to you or what they've said, or maybe because of what they have not done, then maybe you need to remove yourself from that environment. Removing yourself from that kind of environment may be the wisest thing you can do. We are told in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that there is a time to embrace and there's a time to refrain from embracing. Sometimes it's just smarter to get out of there. We're told in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 7 there's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. So a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to speak. There's a time to be silent. And if you find that you're not finding success in this relationship and you're being hurt again and again and again, then use your brain and use your feet and say, you know what? These are good people. And for some reason, I'm just not seeming to be able to get along with them. So I'm going to remove myself from this situation. God will give you different friends. And if you walk out of that place, guess what? Your feet will lead you to somebody else that will be a benefit and they will be a positive experience to you. But you have to use your feet to remove yourself from that situation. You're commanded in Romans 12, 18, to the best of your ability, doing everything you can, as much as it depends on you, to be at peace with all men. But if you find that it's not attainable, then it's time for you to remove yourself and go to somebody else go into a different environment that will be a better experience in your life. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Everyone faces temptation. If the devil's been condemning you for just being tempted, tell him to hit the road and quit listening to him. But the fact remains, you do need to know how to beat the temptations that keep calling out to you. That's what Rick Renner addresses in his new five-part series, How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation. In this series, Rick will show you how to use your feet to run from temptation, how you can walk out of emotionally upsetting situations, how you can overcome the nagging temptation to eat too much, how you can beat the temptation to spend money you don't have, how you can say no to sexual temptation and walk free from it. You can do it, but you need to know how. In this practical series, Rick shows you how you can successfully divert and overcome those hassling voices and temptations that keep trying to drag you down. This five-part series is available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10. We are also offering Rick's 433-page book, A Life of Blades, where he lays out everything you need to stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. In this powerful book, you'll discover how to keep the fire burning, don't delay ordering your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, this series, How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation, and the book, A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
Well, they will call and say, I just happened to come across this, this man and his demeanor and his, uh, he has such a peace about him. And I really like the fact that he is so versed in the Word of God, so versed in uh, what he's teaching on. You can tell he really puts the time into it. But he's also easy to listen to because, um, I, you know, Pastor Rick is operating in his gift. And within that gift, there is um, a certain circle of people that may not always follow certain teachings, whether it be on healing or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that wasn't their background, but the way Pastor Rick's demeanor is, and because of his um, study of the Word, they take the time to listen. I've prayed with a lot of people that have been saved their whole life, been in church their whole life, and said, he makes me trust that if I call you and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that I'm getting something that's scriptural. And so that, that just blesses me. And then we talk to a lot of people from other countries. I, I mean, we talk to people all over the world. Some people call in and think that we're in Russia. And we're like, no, this is his stateside office. He does have a, an office in Russia. But we talk to people, I mean, I just talked to someone this morning from Norway. We talked to people from Canada. We talked to people from India. So it's not just within the United States. We're talking to people all over the world. And we're reaching the whole world from right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's exciting. it was a great connection for them. So many people are isolated, have been isolated, and they were fearful, and they found a place where they could be encouraged, taught, strengthened, prayed for, and people who loved on them and cared for them. My friend, we are growing as a ministry. People are responding to the teaching of the Bible. They're reaching out to us for resources, for prayer, and for ministry. And God has given us the awesome responsibility of ministering to them, and we need more space to do it. So would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help with our ministry expansion project. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things. Do you believe that? I believe that verse. And that's why I want you to let me know how we can pray for you. Give us a call or send us your email. Tell us the need in your life so we can call out to God in faith with you. And my friends, God will respond by showing you great and mighty things. Please let us know how we can be praying for you. And remember that right now we're offering you my series, which is called How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation. Most temptations can be diverted, but if you're already in the middle of one, you can overcome it. And this series will show you how to successfully divert and overcome temptations. And it comes with a study guide. We're also offering you right now my book called A Life Ablaze, 430 pages about the spiritual fuels you need to be injecting into your spiritual fire so you remain a life ablaze to the end of your life. Order yours today. And please, again, let us know how we can pray for you. And I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for the privilege
that today we can sit around the Word of God and see what we need to do with troubling relationships. Either get along in them, learn how to have peace in them, or walk out of them. Lord, we know that you're in charge and you'll give us the grace we need to do what is right. And we thank you for this. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Get ready because God's going to show you what you need to do. I'll be back tomorrow. We're going to continue. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.